Retro Rebel Gamecast episode 80 is brought to you by TempleofGeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all of our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TempleofGeek.com. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics. Retro Rebel is released every Friday, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to TempleofGeek.com, iTunes, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can even find us on Facebook at Temple of Geek for exclusive content and to see what else we're up to. My name is Stacy, and with me is my fellow Rebel co-host, Amanda. Hello. Hello. So, another week, another episode, another... Uh, another game? Well, more of the same game. Uh, the ESO free play event is still ongoing. Um, so I've been playing a bit of ESO. Uh, I reached a point where the boss just continually kills me. Uh, and if I exit to go repair my hardware, it's a pain in the nut to get back there. So... I'm not really thrilled about that. Uh, I've ended up in a section of ESO where you have to um, get the town like back to life. So if I were to teleport to the nearest town, uh, there are no merchants or anything there. So I have to teleport there. to a completely different place. Uh, and I probably wouldn't remember how to get back to the hidden city. So, you know, fun. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I did well, play some Plants vs. Zombies couch co-op, which was very fun. Wave-based situation. I enjoyed it. <laughs> did, no, okay, so you played a little couch co-op, and uh, and that worked? Yeah, it worked really good. Um, I, I will say that you do kind of get used to having your full TV's view. I think it's so rare to play couch co-op these days. You forget what it was like. And I, you know, I think this TV is probably maybe 50 inches, 52 inches. And I felt like a bit constricted with the size of the TV that I got. Thankfully, it's not horizontal. It was or not vertical uh, split screen. It was horizontal. But still, I feel like I don't know. It, it reminded me of the downside of split screen. How we've all gotten so spoiled using the whole TV. Right when yeah, we have, and our TVs have gotten bigger. They haven't gotten smaller. And we, yeah. used to, we used to do couch co-op all the time and, and it not be that big a deal. I mean, I remember Mario Kart. That was it. That was the thing. But now it's almost like I feel like I can't play on such a... <laughs> how dare anyone ask me to play on such a small portion of the screen? Um, I know. It's crazy. I, uh, I used to play on a 30-inch screen, split screen, and now right. 50 inches. And I'm like, whoa, I don't know about yeah, this, guys. I don't, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> Sad. Well, all right. Um, well, you know, I, I remember being in the beta for ESO um, for the, you know, when they were just, just getting it started. And, and I, I'm not sure how many years ago, five or six years ago, maybe for that. Something like that. Yeah, it's that. been out for a long time. Yeah, five. it's, it's been at least five or six years. Uh, I was in the beta for that. And um, I, I'm pretty sure I wasn't exclusive. I mean, I know I wasn't. I'm not that that big of an RPG player. I mean, I've played a lot of them, but I'm not like the person that they're calling up trying to get to test their games. But I was glad and happy and pretty, I thought it was pretty cool to get to be in the, the, uh, 
invite-only beta uh, for that game. But it was pretty, I I mean, I kind of liked it, but it wasn't Warcraft, and so I just didn't want anything to do with it. And, And maybe it's because I didn't get into Skyrim as much or any of the other games. I bought them all and I tried them, but I just didn't enjoy them. And I think I didn't enjoy the... I think you play third person in the RPG, right? But can you play it in first person? Yeah, you can play it in first. You can move the camera. But um, I do I do play it in first. Uh, I don't remember how I ended up being in first person mode. Uh, <laughs> but I now that I can't really get out of it, I've just gotten used to it. Although I do miss seeing my character. Although criticism, I feel yeah. like my characters in Skyrim looked way better than my characters in ESO ended up being. I don't yeah. know what's going on with the armor that they've got in ESO, but I don't like it as much. Yeah. Well, maybe, I'm, I don't know. I honestly couldn't tell you. I know that uh, I think they've run into similar issues with Fallout 76, and that's another game. That's one of the only other games that I am I can think of off the top of my head where you can do third or first person. Um, and there's similar, similar type games. I mean, just, uh, I guess similar type games in theme, obviously the, the overall storyline and, and, uh, the setting is completely different. Um, yeah, I just never got into ESO, but I'm glad that you're kind of sort of enjoying it. Um, kind of maybe. Um, yeah. You know what? It's not her. It's not as bad as I remember. Although, I've kind of reached a point where I think I'm going to have to put it down again unless someone else comes by and helps me kill this boss. <laughs> yeah. That's the that's a challenge. That's something yeah, I'm definitely going to have some of that in my own the only games that are the games that I've been playing. Um <clears throat> well, for me, I I've been playing uh I did not get Yoshi's uh, Crafted World like I thought I was going to. I just haven't had a chance to download it. I absolutely okay. am. Um and it looks really fun, and I'm ready for a fun game. Um, and, and before the other world comes out, or whatever, the, the one by Obsidian, which is the first game that I'm really, really, really looking forward to this year. And unfortunately, you know, at the end of the year, games, I don't know how many games I will have played by that time. Um, but if the beginning of the year is any indication, the first three or four months, I don't have any desire to play these games. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so anyway, um, World of Warcraft is is where it's at for me right now. Um, eight patch eight point one point five came out. Okay, and this released a couple new factions. Uh, that I mean, a couple new races, not factions, but races. Some new storylines uh, for the for the main lore, and and uh, I'm actually really into the lore. I'm, I bought a couple of the Chronicle books, and I need to get the last one. And I bought the. Rise of the Lich King audiobook. Uh, I have pretty much all of the Warcraft books. So I'm going to say I'm a fan. And I'm going to say I kind of like the story. And uh, and that's kind of why I play it. I mean, I'm in a guild and I talk to the guildies, but I, I haven't raided with any of them. I've done a couple island expeditions and none of this means anything to you, I know. I mean, yeah, you're just saying words, but it's okay. I'm following along. Well, for those that do know, I mean, the island expeditions, this is basically, it's a three-person a three instance type deal where you... Uh, there are a bunch of islands around kind of the main questing areas that you're in in the game. And uh, the the MacGuffin of this expansion is Azerite. And each, you know, each area level kind of has a, 
a, a an ore that that you can mine. And over the last four or five expansions, or three or four expansions, there has been there have been ores that that you can mine that are basically basically like calcified blood of either an old god or calcified blood of the Titan soul that's in the actual planet. And this particular azurite, this stuff that you can you can mine, um, it it has magical properties, kind of. It it actually can affect your power. So just by touching it, it can make you stronger and and more and more and more intelligent and uh, and so on and so forth. So like you can see things almost like seeing the future, and that ties into the actual story. That ties into a number of other plot threads um but these island expeditions basically you're you're taking a three-man group out to these uh to these islands to get as much of the azurite as you can and then get back on the boat and they're actually a lot of fun because they're relatively short uh you can get you know little trinkets and pets and uh if you look real close on the ground there will be these shining doubloons and if you collect enough doubloons you can you know, in-game currency that I can go buy other digital in-game pets and mounts and things like that. So, uh, but anyway, they're fun. Though the the island expeditions are fun. Uh, the I'm I'm working on a rep for one of the factions in the game, and the rep grinds are always to me one of the worst things about a new expansion is having to log in every day and, and like a job. But uh, there are enough other fun things in the game that that I, I don't mind it quite as much. I think the problem is is I just don't have a whole lot of time as dad, uh, dad and husband and coach and and you know employee. I don't have enough time uh, to do some of those quests. So, but I've enjoyed it. I have enjoyed it. Now one now I I'm gonna switch gears to another Blizzard game that both of us have played. And have a harsh criticism for it. Um, I think it may even warrant an episode of its own later. But Hearthstone, uh, I've, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm weaning myself off of Hearthstone, uh, but it may be, it may be pushing me away. It's not me. It's, it's really Hearthstone. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I gave up on it when I stopped going to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, as these things happen. As these things happen. Well, you know, yeah. So so the thing with Hearthstone is they're coming out with their another expansion. Um, it's getting to the point now where if you don't spend money on the game, you really can't play. There are too many expansions. And then when you, if you want to play in, in the meta, you know, you want to be a part of the conversation or whatever you want to call it. And you want to play with the most current decks and, and be, be uh, you know, kind of in the mix with... This is what I think essentially the tournaments do, is you're, you're playing with the most... And this is how the game stays fresh, you know? I think for the most yeah. part is how you mix and match the new cards with old cards and, and you know, and, and then they eliminate some of those... The, I guess it's the... The, the three... There are three expansions that that are retired to Legends, and a lot of those cards are the cards that I've been using for like the last year and a half or two Really? Years. Oh. Yeah. And so that means that I'm going to have to overhaul my deck completely. And and anyway, going into it right now though, I'm I'm getting my butt kicked 
by people and and I and, it, and I was getting to the point where I could get to 16, you know, rank 16, 14, sometimes even 13 without a whole lot of effort in terms of like I, I didn't have to grind to do it. I could I could win 3 or 4 here log out, come back, win 3 or 4. I'm I'm not winning any uh right now. Like I'll log in and it's just not fun. I'll spend 15 or 20 minutes and then lose. <laughs> and and like I said, I, I know I know I'm not a ranked player, but I'm in the top 50 percentile and which I'm okay with in this instance. Maybe if I was graduating high school, I, I might not be quite as proud of that st- particular statistic, but <laughs> in Hearthstone, I'm okay with it. I mean, uh, you know, it's fine. In the 50th percentile. And I, that's not to say I'm the 50th percentile. I'm below it. I just don't know where, you know, somewhere in there. Um, and uh, anyway, so it's getting to the point where I'm having to spend money. So right now they're they're about to come out with another expansion. And, it, you know, to get enough cards really for me to be able to play. Bottom line is, too long, didn't read from last week. TLDR. TLDR. I prob- This will be my last expansion. If I buy this one, this will be my last expansion. I have enough dust and I can... Um, I can uh, break down a number of cards from other sets like the warrior set or the warlock set that I don't play with to get enough dust to make the cards that I want, but I can't do it again. It'll take me another two or three expansions because I'm not just going to buy a bunch of, uh, of, of packs. <coughs> I don't, I mean, I just don't have the money to do that. I don't want to do that. Um, I, I normally just dust all the cards from, from the sets that I don't use. That way I can get enough, to, to create it for the one set that I do use, which is usually the mage. Right. Um, and that's worked well for the most part because I have bought, I'll buy the 40 pack set, uh, you know, at the beginning, which costs you 50 bucks or something like that, or, or it's 50 packs for $49 or something, a dollar a pack. And, uh, and that's, that usually hasn't, that's not never been a bad investment, at least not up to this point. But the fact that, you know, they're, They've kind of nerfed the mage to a certain extent, or they made it to where you have to play a certain deck to win. I don't, and I don't enjoy playing with those cards. Does that make sense? You know, it's like you want to play the way you want to play, and there should yeah, be of multiple ways. That's to why do you're it. supposed to be able to build a custom deck, right? Well, they're they in the meta they figured out you know that there were really only three or four. There, well, at any given time, there may only be three or four different. Uh, characters or, or, or sets that can actually like a, a right now, Hunter, uh, Paladin, um, Hunter, Paladin, Mage may be up there, but I doubt it. Rogue, you know, that maybe those four are the only ones that really are at the top. You know, that's who people are competing with. And if you're playing anything else and you win, you got lucky, you know, but generally speaking, you know, you, you just wouldn't win. So anyway, I may be on my way out with Hearthstone. I've, I really enjoyed it uh, while it lasted, um, but I'll keep you posted. But I'm weak, and I probably will still play. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, that brings us to our news of the day. Um, and much of the news uh, that we were going to talk about today is coming out of the UK. Uh, I had I shared a couple... Uh, articles and you had some as well so uh did you want to lead you you had a pretty good article yeah so um coming out of the bbc the other day 
um, Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo are all uh, under investigation by the Competition and Markets Authority here about the automatic renewal of subscriptions. And it's funny because this literally just happened to me at the end of the month, last month, where my um, Xbox Live subscription automatically renewed for another year. Now, they didn't send me any notification that this was happening at all prior to right. it happening. Um, and I think that's the sort of practice that um, they're coming under fire for. So there are quite strict protections, consumer protections rights um, in this country and the rest of the EU. And the concern is that uh, the CMA is actually doing the investigation because a super complaint was lodged by Citizens Advice, which is a um, sort of free legal advice service here in the UK. Um, and it's the practice has been known as the loyalty penalty. So customers who stay with the brand a long time across any sort of brand often will find that their contracts are automatically renewed and to exit the contract, there may be high fees or it may just be a difficult and time consuming process if you did want to cancel. So they're all under investigation. Only Microsoft has responded so far. Um, but at the moment, the big three are getting put under the microscope for their practices when it comes to auto renewals. I thought that was an interesting story. And I think it'll be challenging to get a ruling that actually makes much of a difference because the reality is, is that even if they change the process to alert you in advance, all you're really going to be able to do is change your um, billing type because you can't access a majority of services unless you have Xbox Live. So it's really kind of pointless to assume that people who have a console are actually going to cancel the service because right. it's so ingrained as part of the offering. Um, it's much like thinking that you're going to have an iPhone or something and cancel your iTunes account. You just really can't. So um, it may help consumers make better budgeting choices. So if they have the opportunity to take an annual subscription or if they're short on cash and need to take a monthly subscription in the meantime, it may give them a bit more flexibility. But I don't really feel like cancellation is an option. I don't know what your thoughts are on this. Well, I'm, I know that Xbox's website in particular is a is is difficult to maneuver, especially if you're trying to like when I was trying to recover my gamer tag and mm. they and and it I was transferring it from I guess my Xbox 360 to the Xbox One anyway it was a mess I could log into my Xbox but I couldn't get on to the website and which didn't make sense and with my gamer tag and and so just it was like they didn't communicate and and I had honest to be completely honest. I had not thought about it um, until you brought this to my attention or this particular article, because to me, canceling my uh, my subscription service wasn't really something I was considering, and so I'd never gone through the process of trying to do it. I it, it was kind of like if I've got an Xbox, having Xbox Live is ubiquitous. You know, it's I'm going to have them both because otherwise your Xbox is uh you know and then you just play games that you have you know 
in your hand, like a hard copy of it. Who does that? But you can't really update them. Most of them have like no, day can't. one. <laughs> yeah. So like sometimes you'll have to, you, you'll put them in and they may not <laughs> work as intended. Um, which I think that's also wrong. You know, I think that, that, uh, that's part of the issue. Um, and maybe the, the idea that they have enough people playing that they don't really, they're not worried about the other, maybe, perhaps, I don't know. Um, oh, this is, I mean, that's, I, I think it's good though. I think it's good what they're doing, uh, investigating them because, um, to be honest, I, rem I mean, I remember just recently my, uh, PlayStation, my PS plus service, automatically renewing but it told me it did it as it did it it didn't tell me uh you know that you know you're, yeah, that you're helpful. Uh, it, well it is um and the same thing with uh but same thing with netflix only with netflix they actually told me when it was coming and they told me months in advance and i think most of that was because they were about to go up in price um and so here in america they're going up in price and i think part of that's because of the uh, I mean, I couldn't explain all of the reasons. I think one of the main reasons is they're doing a lot of their own stuff now because Disney and Marvel pulling all of their stuff off of the, the service April 7th, I think, which is today. Oh, shit. They're doing tears. what? Netflix. All of the, all of the Marvel and Disney stuff is being pulled off of Netflix. Um, because Disney is doing their own streaming service. Wow. And, yeah. And so uh, if you liked, which I did, I like to stream the Clone Wars. I watch all the Guardians movie. The Guardians 2 is on there. Uh, yeah. Ant-Man and the Wasp is on there. Infinity War was on there. It's not anymore. Not as of today. So, or as oh of the time God. of this recording. Yeah. So, uh, so it's going up. But they also, I think that's also to get to acquire licenses for other movies. I still think Netflix is the best version of all of these so far um, and uh, has the best service, the best the best uh, selection, the best original content. I think Hulu has some good content, too, and this isn't controversial. I mean, people are all over the board with these opinions, and Hulu is a little bit different, and it's cheaper. But to get the like the real service, you have to pay considerably more for Hulu uh, to get the service without all of the commercials. And so I like paying $12 for Netflix and, and I get plenty of, uh, I spend at least yeah. two hours just looking for a movie, then turning it off and going to sleep. So, um, Lovely. yeah, so I get, so I get all the entertainment I need. Look at all these movies. I guess I'll just go to sleep. Um, sounds like my daughter's not very happy. Maybe the, the mic's not picking up, uh, the crying. So that's good. No, it's fine. He's, he's, uh, it's, uh, so yeah, so that's, uh, I thought that was interesting. Um, I sent an article about Prince Harry and Fortnite, um, which I think, you know, might lend itself a little bit to the topic today too. Uh, so we can, we can kind of get into that later. Um, uh, yeah, I guess we'll, let's just save the rest of these stories for, to kind of build on with our actual topic. Cause they all are kind of around okay and same area so we have a top we have a, a new story about prince harry then there's a little bit of information out of china as well um all of this stuff surrounding our main topic today which we uh which we wanted to to discuss a little bit of uh 
this this banning banning games uh and and uh just are they are they bad i mean is it is is banning games what's wrong with this picture really and the way and the way i i, I titled the episode it was so you want to ban games um so <laughs> so Go, I guess going into this, you've got some, just basically because of your job, you've got some insight into this area as well, I think. And and probably because a lot of these news stories are coming out of the UK, you may have some insight on, on uh, some of these stories as well. So I guess just a little bit of background about what, what it is that we wanted to talk about. Government banning, government involved in video games, banning, ratings uh cens- censorship i guess yeah so, so what 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 purpose does government getting involved in games actually serve is there a benefit is it always bad is it something that we should look at kind of with a microscope is it case by case is there you know i just really wanted to get into the idea of the government getting involved in your entertainment because Jeez. It's different from um, a lot of other types of government involvement. Obviously, governments have the right to tax and serve the public good and all, all sorts of things, protection, you know, national security, and every government pretty much works that way. However, when you start getting into entertainment, at what point should people have the freedom to choose the media that they consume? So, I listed a couple things banning ratings criminalization censorship and i think maybe if we start with the the tamest bit of involvement and then go and and hit the ban stick kind of and criminalization kind of on the far end of the spectrum and just generally see how we feel about these elements so if we start with uh ratings which to me seem like the smallest amount of government or regulatory interference in games providing parents and consumers with an idea of the content of the game um, without having to uh, play the game themselves or consume any of the media in advance. So I think that ratings are good. They are not government overstep. They allow people to determine what they want to put into their brain without having to consume any of it in advance. Because if you didn't have any ratings, the only way that you would be able to see what was in a game was to watch review, uh, read reviews or watch Let's Plays. And at that point, you've already consumed some of it at some point. Well, and, and to be honest, there's no uh, there's no objectivity there. You know, if you just if you really look at it, if Somebody wants to sell you something, then they can show you just the best parts of it, or they can they can hide a lot of the things that are you know that are bad or maybe misleading. It's it happens in movie trailers, but you can still go into a movie realizing that this is PG thirteen. The content is meant for people thirteen or older, and anyone under that, use your discretion. Um, and then it gives a list of a few a few themes, maybe that uh, maybe more adult in that, in that movie that you, maybe you don't want your kids to see or whatever, just at least you'll go in educated. And the same thing can be said for the ratings. And I agree with you. I don't think it's overstep. I think it's a good base point. You know, it's, it, you know, it, that, uh, or, or foundation to work from where parents can make educated decisions about games that they're buying. And I think even, even though I'm not a parent, I use ratings because I really don't like to consume 
negative or horror-based entertainment. It does right. give me nightmares, even as a grown adult. And like, I have to be productive and live my life. So when I look at ratings as a, just a normal consumer, I'm looking to see if there's any horror violence, like torture, that sort of stuff. I just don't find it enjoyable in any sense. So I really tend to avoid it. And I find that ratings help me do that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I agree, even though sometimes I can tell by the title or the cover if it's horror and even if it's not mature, I'm like, mm, nope. Uh, Sometimes. And you know what I, you know, what would have helped me if I had looked at the ratings for Grand Theft Auto five before right. I interacted with that torture scene that I really, I have not been able to get that out of my mind for a long time. Yeah. I didn't and, think about it, but yeah, as you were describing that, I was like, I bet that's what she's, she's talking about. Yeah. Yeah, because sometimes you can't tell. Sometimes the box art is misleading or it looks like maybe it would be like, um, what was that? Uh, ah, L.A. Noir. Yeah, that's yeah. not a horror game, but it really edged the line to what I enjoy consuming. Right. It's pretty immersive. Um, I mean, in that respect where you're, yeah, I, I'd agree. The music plays a role the 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 content but yeah i liked that game but i didn't finish it and it had i think uh, i yeah. did finish it i don't think i did well though yeah i didn't either i don't care how good their faces looked and whatever rotoscoping they did i couldn't tell if they were looking at me like they were about to lie i, I couldn't I oh yeah couldn't that lie. was impossible to tell it was impossible it's like is he lying okay so ratings is probably the softest one if i was gonna go up the line i would say censorship is the next okay. one so censorship the best example i have from this actually does come out of the eu and australia so um the stick of truth and pretty much i think every south park game faces serious um, censorship in uh, the eu and australia they instead of removing content from their game, they just put up this like faceplate in the middle of your experience. It says, sorry, people in Australia, it's like got a sad koala on it. Like you would be seeing a scene about this and this and this, but because it's censored, uh, just enjoy this sad koala or whatever. Um, right. and, and the same sort of thing exists in the EU. Now, I find that to be slightly an overstep. I think... If you have purchased the game, you're aware, you know, hopefully you've looked at the ratings, you're aware what it's about, and you know, like, what you're in for. I start to, when things get removed out of games, I start to raise a red flag. I think that's the most extreme example that I've seen in recent times. And in some instances, I would recommend censorship. And in a couple instances, one, where the content of the game already violates existing laws. So a good example is some of the games that exist on Steam in the U.S. are actually illegal over here because they contain hate speech or they right. are discriminatory against a protected group. So over here, hate speech is a criminal, um, a criminal offense. So unlike the sort of seemingly unabashed freedom of speech that you have uh, in the U.S., there are some things over here that you are not allowed to say. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a step in the right direction 
to prevent the most hateful elements of our society from having a voice um, and being able to execute that voice in a way that is is hateful and harmful and damaging the public good. So in those instances where something, some content of the game is already violating a law, I think that is probably acceptable. Um, obviously, we all have murder laws in every country, and you could extrapolate that back and say, like, well, then they'd have to ban every single game because every game has murder in it. But I'm more talking about the damaging ideologies because even as adults, the prevalence of fake news and, you know, all this conspiracy theories, it does show that people are subject to becoming brainwashed by the content that they consume. So I think hateful and damaging ideologies where that is shown to be the the way that society should operate that really starts to strike a negative chord with me and i wouldn't be offended if that was censored and i'm talking about very extreme examples where the idea is to glorify hate crimes or glorify murder like the game hatred like the um there was one where you just like kill drag queens and stuff like that wow. i just think that that's not acceptable in an enlightened society and people shouldn't want to consume that as entertainment you're basically saying that it's entertaining to be discriminatory and carry out hate crimes and i don't think that's well i think you're right and i think the wording is yeah you probably shouldn't want to either but it, you should be limited in your ability to to consume stuff like that where where it is perpetuating and glorifying just um, empty, uh, hateful, and potentially damaging, uh, psychologically material like that. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree because this is this is where we start splitting hairs and then getting, you know, I don't know if you, we say that we're on one side or the other because I think we're definitely on one side, but. I feel like, um, you know, people get all bent out of shape when you start talking about uh, censorship and when you start talking about banning things or eliminating things or curbing things. And they do it without really thinking about the words that you're using or the, the content that's actually being limited, you know, that you should be able to say or do whatever you want. Mm, you should, but there should also be con You should also have to reap the consequences of those things. And that's that's the flip side to it that a lot of people don't understand. Yeah, you should be able to say whatever you want. But then if somebody arrests you or if you get, uh, you know, your teeth punched in, well, those are consequences of you saying whatever you want. And just because you can doesn't mean you should. Um, and, and, but that's, <laughs> are we, uh, are we, making decisions for for people because we feel like they can't make their own i think that's again I'm, I'm i'm not i'm playing devil's advocate to a certain extent but also supporting your point and i know that it doesn't sound like that but just stay with me i think i think you are right i just don't know how to say it in a way that is exactly what i mean you know i, I don't know if that if that makes sense uh, and i think that will be more clear as we continue on because we've got more examples of this where uh yeah you shouldn't if the if the game is about uh 
seeking and murdering drag queens. Well, that's that in and of itself is a pretty empty plot theme, and 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 really shouldn't exist. That sounds like basically you're just targeting a group because of hate and just or because of no reason other than to do it, and that's even worse if that's possible. Um, but if yeah. there is, uh, let's say, for instance, in in like a game like Grand Theft Auto, if there is someone who is a crossdresser or a drag queen who also is a mob boss and there are these plot threads that lead to this person and that is just one component that is not the why that just happens to be something that describes this individual and and you're and the and the quest is or the goal is you've got to take out this mob boss who is also a drag queen and maybe it's at a drag show uh or something to that effect but this person uh you know has done all of these other things and the reason you're taking them out is because of that. It's like that that's filling out the story. That's so much more. That's just one part of who this person was. Um, and, and I feel like that's that's looking at the, it completely different than having a game that's just com- just about murdering, uh, you know, yeah. uh, drag queens. So you made an interesting point there about people should. Are you taking away their choice? Are you making a decision for them? Now, it's funny because if you were to ban it, then yes. Censorship is a more gentle um, approach where you remove offensive content contained within the whole. So there may be a scene that does not exist for you in this country. Now, what I think that is, is a corrective action. And in the EU, they really love corrective actions. So a couple examples not related to gaming that exists in the EU. So we have a plastic bag charge. Now, the goal is to encourage people to use cloth shopping bags and, you know, reusable or boxes or recyclable materials instead of plastic. So it costs you five to ten pence every time you shop for every single bag that you use that you did not bring with you. That has had a pretty significant effect on me personally. Now, I don't know what the statistics are for the whole country, but in general, my use of bags that I get at the shop has almost become zero. In fact, whenever I have to pay the charge, I'm upset that I didn't have enough forward thinking to bring a bag with me. Um, I have a big collection of cloth bags. I regularly use them. It has changed my behavior in a more kind of sustainable way. So that, um, that corrective action had an immediate impact. Now, a recently passed thing, so the the bag thing was passed a couple years ago. Very recently, within the last few months, they've passed a sugar tax. So beverages, candies, that sort of thing, they all cost more. Diet Coke or Coke Zero is cheaper than regular Coke. The goal is to get people to stop consuming so much sugar. We have an obesity crisis of our own that we're dealing with. And a lot of it is linked to, you know, unhealthy consumption of fizzy drinks and so on and so forth. And I'm assuming that they're going to be probably levying a fast food tax or an unhealthy food tax probably within the next few years. We have a very advanced food rating system. So uh, the content of uh, fat, sugar, uh, I think carbohydrates, maybe something else is listed in a like traffic light sort of setup on every single food packet. 
So you can see how much of your daily salt intake, your fat intake that you are meeting or exceeding on the outside of the package. So if anything's got red on it, I feel like the natural extension of the sugar tax is that anything that is outside your daily recommendation for any one of those four kind of key areas is going to be levied at a higher rate. And this causes people, and it has caused me to choose alternative drinks instead of, cause I don't, I'm not really a huge fan of diet Coke. I don't really like the flavor, but it's made me choose more healthier options like flavored sparkling water or a uh, juice or, you know, coffee or something like that instead of just all this fizzy drink all the time. So it does corrective action can make behavioral changes. And I see censorship as a form of corrective activity in media. So it could be effective in some circumstances. No, I, you know, the thing, I agree with you. I, I agree with you. I just, I don't, I guess I don't want to be the one that has to make the decision as to what is, um, you know, some things to me are easy to, to decide and some things are much more difficult. Um, I don't, I didn't play that part of the game that you did, uh, on the, with the torture. Um, and, and I don't know that that necessarily should have been removed or censored, but, uh, you know, the fact that it's in there and that you, uh, you know, this will get, I think all of this will lead to another point, uh, that we, that we will get to, uh, maybe even shortly. Yeah. Um, that, that maybe parents should be more involved in these things <laughs> anyway. So, um, did you have another, did you have another point you wanted to go into? You, we did censor, you did, um, uh, we rating, did rating system, censorship. censorship. So now we're going to go into banning. Yeah. Okay. So the, I'm, I'm placing a difference between banning and criminalization. So banning is just removing the easy access to the game. Right. making it so that you can't get it in the traditional method or whatever. If you, I'm sure you would be able to get it if you downloaded it off a torrent site or something like that. Technically, you're already violating the law by doing that, but I'm not talking about people actually getting prosecuted for playing a game. We will right. get to that, but this is just banning. All right, so I think this may be where our thoughts diverge. We'll see. Uh, so... Those same examples that I had about the game Hatred and some of the other completely pointless um, hate-filled and discriminatory or um, pointlessly violent um, content, I think that if a society as a whole has in their constitution, in their core values, that this is not what they support and something very clearly butts up against that. So I'm talking about, you know, we do have uh, hate speech and things like that that is a tenant of our, uh, our, our legal practice. So if something contains and mostly contains that sort of thing, I think a society or a government is well within its rights to say that this doesn't represent what we as a society believe. And so we will not be allowing the sale of that good in this country. Much like how in some states in the US, it's legal to purchase marijuana for recreational use. As a society, that group of people has voted and said that they find it fine. 
So I think that if people have agreed over the course of, you know, a couple hundred years in the case of the U.S. or a couple thousand years in the case of the U.K. and the EU, if a society has come to a collective agreement about what they think is acceptable, then I think they're well within their rights to say what is not acceptable. And yeah. it's if it's a commercial product, if it's being sold for money, then they should have the right to say what's not allowed on their store shelves. And so I make a very specific distinction between art and a commercial product. If it's art, if it's not being sold, if it's meant to stir up emotion or make a statement, that's different. I'm talking about a commercial product as most games are at the end of the day. And because, you know, countries have the right to allow or not allow the sell of any sort of goods that they want. You know, that's sort of their prerogative. And I think that banning a commercial product that they believe is harmful to the public good or violates their um, kind of collective societal values should be fine. What do you think? <laughs> um, who decides that? Like the what is the collective? And and I guess I I ask that and it can be rhetorical because I don't know. Is it the government? Because I can tell you, you know, if you depending on who you ask in our country, if you say, you know, if the government's going to make the decision, it doesn't matter if you're far right or far left. None of them really think they have our best interest in mind, but they're still going to argue about it and, and like about which one's better, even though they think they're both wrong, which I find fascinating and a little bit depressing. Um, but but that said, I think that it, uh, in terms of banning, I think the ban the the true ban the true ban hammer to uh, content media uh, should be reserved for the most egregious examples uh, of, of, you know, violations of kind of like whatever social mores are in place. And I guess that's kind of what answers my own question. Like what defines this the society? This is, Hey, welcome to retro rebel. We are being very heady today. Um, the, <laughs> yeah, hope you brought your tea because we're spilling brought, it. Yeah, put on your thinking caps. The the idea that um, that the, that society is going to dictate kind of what's okay, and, and and it's hard to define because it changes over time. It was cool to have people mauled to death in a coliseum by lions at one time, and for everybody to see that. To have that done on live television now is not going to happen, right? So. To have have not yet anyway. We may get back there. I don't know. But as of right now, we don't do that. Um, and and so there are a lot of things that socially are just kind of understood and defined by the collective, and 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 that's kind of what is acceptable uh, in a given day and age. Uh, I know that sounds very vague and, and nebulous, but it's on purpose because it is fluid. It changes over time. So, with that said. I do think that there are things that should be. I think the ban hammer is reserved for very extreme things. I think censorship uh, should be where you, where the majority of the uh, cut material 
That's where I think it comes from. I think that you could have something that's just awful, and then you censor, or you kind of like how some movies have to cut parts out just to make it, uh, you know, you can't sell this game. How about that? But you could maybe send it out for free. I don't know. And then if you send it out for free, then you have to understand that the content and blah, blah, blah. There has to be some kind of recourse for that if you're sending out something that is hate or something that is perpetuating fear or um, that is just generally has no positive influence on society, I guess. You know, like what purpose did it's funny because your perspective, obviously, now that I live in Europe, I realize how much more liberal Europe actually is. It with media and entertainment, which is sometimes why I find it quite weird that we do get weird censorship in games. There is a program that exists on live television, and I think it comes on at like maybe 9 p.m., maybe 10 p.m., and it is a dating show where people date in the nude without any censorship bars, starting from the feet and working up, and then they choose their partner from the ground up. And that is on live television in the absolute nude. (laughs) Now that would, that would never exist in the majority of the, the United States, maybe somewhere extremely liberal like California or maybe even New York, but the majority of the U S it definitely wouldn't be on a national television channel. I can tell you that. No, no, that's not going to happen. But that to me speaks towards the, what the society has come up with what they think is acceptable and what isn't the fact that well, that show exists over here uh, means that people who are selling a commercial product know that it would be well received over here and it wouldn't be well received in the U S no, um, there needs to be violence in your commercial over here. Then it's good. There needs to be sex in the commercial over there. Then it's good. Basically, and it, basically. basically. <laughs> and I think that that's such a fascinating reversal of roles or, or just a fascinating difference between the two regions. And, and I think it's reflective in society and in the culture. And, and that's not rocket surgery to, to see that, that correlation, you know? And all right. So egregious examples. I think the, the band stick is reasonable to a certain extent. What about for public health reasons? So the article that you shared where Prince William was talking about a ban on Fortnite. Right. I I see his point and I have a lot of opinions about it. Just to generally recap his feelings. So Fortnite has caused some problems in young children um, and younger adults who have a hard time separating their day-to-day responsibilities with their desire to game and it can turn into sort of an addictive situation. I struggle with opinions like this because Fortnite, the game itself, I don't believe is damaging. And if anything, it is probably the least gratuitously violent shooting game I've seen in many years. Um, There's no blood, there's no gore. Like, I mean, Gears of War is a worse game than Fortnite. However, it does have a lot of the psychological triggers that in the EU specifically, 
we're really starting to look at. So things like, you know, loot boxes are being looked at as a form of gambling. And now they're looking at Fortnite and um, season pass style games and um, like round robin battle royale style game. These games with like big multiplayer followings and, and all sorts. They're looking like that as a um, as a form of addictive trigger. Well, and I think that the, what they'll find is it absolutely is. It's like anything else that that uh, where there's a, a carrot at the end of the stick and, and you get a dopamine or serotonin release for achieving those things. I mean, we we get it from when you're addicted to if you're addicted to Red Bull, which I mean, I'm sure billions of people are like me addicted to Red Bull. Um, if you're addicted to Red Bull, the thought of having a Red Bull releases the the releases the neurotransmitters that make you feel good and it's just the thought of it and that's after time that's over time of you actually becoming more addicted to them or enjoying the yeah. taste and all that stuff just the thought of having one releases you know the dopamine and and so you're getting you're getting that hit regardless you get a dopamine hit from social media that was something else that was listed on 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 uh, that prince harry article and where, you know, he, he talked about the, the, the drawbacks of social media and how it can affect. And I realize that's beyond the scope maybe of what we're talking about. But the point is, is there's really no difference in your mind and how that works. You know, you the only things in, in the world in life that you care about are dopamine and serotonin. That's it. Those are the things. Now, what triggers those releases can be, you know, a myriad of things. So if you if you think about playing Fortnite and get a dopamine response for that or release, then it's going to make you excited. When you don't get to do that, you you get depressed. You know. So I think that uh, that's the short of it, and it's much more complicated than that. And we can talk about neuroscience maybe with the neuroscientists and really bore the audience. But, <laughs> but the point is, is that that. These these things the the what the mechanism that drives them is are all the same. The mechanisms are all the same. The 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 trigger can be different, but the trigger can be so many different things. And it's unfair and it's it's disingenuous to 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 try to explain these things as if they're exclusive from that. Like gaming, well, gaming is not part of that. Well, yeah, gaming is in that, and and Fortnite is in that, and that reward system does affect people who play it. And, and, uh, you know, I, I think the, the article with Harry Prince Harry is sheds a light on maybe a, a bit of personal responsibility, uh, that people just are not accepting that you should intervene in your child. Who's been playing that game for 33 hours or, uh, three hours in, in later on in that article, it talks about in China actually where they're banning the playing you if you're under the age of 12 you're not even allowed to play it and because their minds aren't developed enough to be able to handle that that level of potential addiction they don't know how to sort it and and being a communist country they're just going to take it out of your hands and make it to where it's just not you just can't do it and yeah, I think that's where I'm drawing the distinction between banning that I find acceptable and banning that I think is more of a nanny state situation. And I think banning 
is acceptable in the instances where the content, whatever it is, violates the core beliefs of a group of people. And right. those people obviously have created those beliefs through their constitution, their legal system, their elective representatives. Like, it'll be quite obvious what those things are. But where I think it becomes a a bit fruitless and pointless and be more of a, you know, people being unable to control themselves is where it's um, stemming from needing to control people's behavior while they're consuming otherwise societally acceptable media. The reality of it is, is, you know, you can get addicted to anything. I was addicted to Starbucks for like two years and I put on Mm. 15 pounds because I'll tell you what, those (laughs) drinks are not calorie light. Um, And I would, I would get, I would salivate at the thought of getting the Starbucks. And if I wasn't able to get the Starbucks, then I would feel, you know, disappointed. Like my morning was off. Like it wasn't the coffee. It was very specifically the whole ritual of ordering on the app, going in, it'd be ready, having that very first sip. And by about four sips in, I really didn't, I wasn't enjoying the drink anymore. I was just satisfied that I had corroborated the activity that my brain wanted me to do. Yeah. And so you can you can get li- literally addicted to anything. People binge watch Netflix. People get addicted to the gym. People get addicted to other people. Like it is impossible to ban all of the things in life that you would get addicted to because it can literally be anything. Um, yeah. You know, people have. There's an entire show called My Strange Addiction where people get addicted to weird shit. There's no way <laughs> to effectively ban the psychological imperative of this feels good, do it more um, other than willpower. And so I think that's where for me, we start to cross the line into unacceptable nanny state territory, which I think is a good segue into criminalization. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you, you go ahead then. So, so criminalization is basically taking it one step further. This is making it illegal and punishable by criminal time, fines, you know, community service, jail time, um, engaging in a specific gaming activity. So I'm less talking about fining companies for their practices. I think that's totally reasonable and companies need to be kept in check. I'm talking about the physical gamers themselves. So in India, we recently spoke about how they had banned um, PUBG and they had actually done 15 arrests of people playing PUBG. Now that's where I think it starts becoming unacceptable. Like at no point should you ever be uh, put in jail or face criminal charges for doing something that isn't harming anybody else. Um, you know, we all have a bit of autonomy over our own bodies. And if I want to drink 15 fizzy drinks and pay the taxes and everything that associates that in a single day and deal with the health consequences, that should be on me. That shouldn't be a criminal thing. And I think every single activity that you can do that doesn't harm anybody else shouldn't really be a criminal issue. That should be, you know, a, a lifestyle choice that you're, you're making. Um, and I think when they get into the territory of banning people or um, criminalizing the playing of any game, regardless of what it is, where people actually go to jail for consuming content that exists that they can get their hands on, 
then I think that's where it crosses a big line for me. What do you think? Well, the the criminalization, I mean, it, I think that that's almost so far from, well, I guess it it's can be t- tied hand in hand with banning. Uh, like if you're getting into like Nazi Germany and you're, you ban something and then if you have it, then it, you're, it's criminalized banning of something. Um, or like in V for Vendetta, you know, where, where to have culture or art, which was banned, was also criminalized. If, if you, <laughs> man, it's just such a, it's. I, I just I don't know that that any of that would be criminalized, at least not in what we are seeing so far, like even the game Postal or Hatred. I don't think that their uh, their existence uh, is criminal or to own would have been criminal. Um, I think because it's it's kind of like. Um, hmm minority report in a way it's like you're i i'm going to criminalize this and arrest you and 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 there will be consequences criminal consequences for having or owning this but you but you haven't done anything like your your owning of this and perpetuating it maybe didn't do anything to anyone else other you know other than it just its existence is kind of putrid and awful and terrible and and unnecessary and 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 of no social value uh but yeah. again and maybe it's the differences in countries but it's like i i personally would be like i i don't think that's criminal i think that that person is just maybe needs some mental health uh help or maybe they you know i i wouldn't even know where to begin really but i would know that it probably wouldn't be criminal uh, I think where it might get criminal is where you, your, your intent, and that's the hard part to prove, is your intent is to spread a particular message, because uh, and and to perpetuate a you know, and even then I think criminal is 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 extreme. Like does does someone show up your at your house? You know, is it is that where? Uh, you know, is it because of a digital distribution of something that maybe was anonymous? I mean, I don't know. I don't want to have to make that decision either. Um, because when you start talking about the criminalization of video games, I guess we're, we're really talking about a fraction of a fraction of a percentage of people who create these games. For, and, and it's for a very particular group of people. And, and I'm not even familiar with them. You know, I, I don't even know these games until they come up into the news because that's not that's not the type of game I enjoy because they're not really games. And maybe the point is, and ultimately the, the what, what would decide this is when you define what is a game and what is uh, or what is what is acceptable as a game that can be sold. And, you know, what are the themes that are involved? And these are more or less our social mores. And if you have anything outside of this and it falls under criminal definitions which again we can go look up and we can find um and maybe maybe some of those need to be adapted for digital content um i don't know if they if their definitions kind of cover those things or not i imagine they don't because of how quickly digital content changes um 
But I think as you move down that list that you had, uh, from ratings to censorship to banning to criminalization, that the group or the the application of it becomes much, much more strict. I think as rating as ratings go, you know, lots of things can fall under E for everyone. Lots of things can fall under mature. Um, but as you work down to the more strict ratings, you're limiting uh, only certain things to those ratings, you know, maybe extremely explicit uh, sexual content or violent content. Um, you know, some cert- just certain themes should be applied under that. And, and I think that those are readily uh, are the definitions are readily available. And I think that's more or less how that's done. Censorship, again, should be it should be less prevalent you should be more strict in its application and selective in its application so that it's used only in, in, in instances when it seems like it's most necessary, you know, especially for regional differences, um, and, and, uh, and the social and, and more differences between countries, you know, uh, and then, you know, I think there's, there are a ton of censorship, uh, or censored differences between like Avenger different movies in China specific to from the titles of the movies, like the, the first Avenger or Captain America, the title of the movie was changed over in Asia, um, for obvious reasons. Um, and I think the first Avenger may have been just what it was called because Captain America maybe didn't sell as well in Asia. So, um, Anyway, and then and then you know banning uh, to ban something that we should have a fairly clear definition as to what would get your game banned. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, violent content, rape content. You know, for this especially for the purposes of rape, that game should have been banned. And I don't think there's any way around it. Uh, I just think that it should have been banned, and it and it was pulled from Steam, and there was no place for it there i don't know that there's a place for it um but again because of the nature of what i do for a job and and one of the one of the courses that i teach is on measurement and evaluation and how to objectively measure something and to do it properly and fairly um i guess the answer sometimes is is you just have to stand on one side or the other and eventually have to make a decision and and the the fair or completely objective, emotionally detached answer is not available. I don't know. Sometimes you just have to choose. This is probably one of the longest episodes that we've done in a long time, but it's a very complex issue. And, you know, there are a lot of stumbling blocks along the way. But I think even as adults, at a certain point, we do need to determine what sort of content that we think is acceptable to surround ourselves with. And as if as a group, we decide that this is not what we stand for, then we shouldn't allow it to be part of our, um, uh, part of our daily lives and present in this society. So uh, I think we've killed this dead horse, but yeah. it was really interesting topic today. I think so. And, 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 you know, in closing, I'd like to say, I think that, uh, we would agree, and, and if I was going to take a stance on anything, uh, one thing for sure, everything in moderation, that, that things can be good 
and but too much of of anything is bad and so have some moderation uh you know it's difficult sometimes but just to go outside go outside and and turn off the game and and go enjoy the world around you um parents and those of you that will be parents take some agency in what's happening in your lives and in your children's lives uh understand that they are going to experience things uh without your knowledge but do your best to educate them on on kind of what your values are they will eventually create their own but man if you don't give them a foundation then they're just going to create their own based on things that they absorb from around them so and do your job as a parent and that's i think that's the only soapbox that i think i'm feel confident to really stand on <laughs> on this particular Look, one of us has to be on the parent soapbox and you know it can't be me yeah, right exactly and so i you know be be a parent and and actually uh know what's going on and know know what they're doing know what they're playing and and have and and don't be afraid to say no don't be afraid because it, what's most important is not you censoring what your children are necessarily able to but educating them teaching them the things that maybe you didn't know so that they can make good decisions on their own. You know, you're not necessarily making it for them, although you may have to, but you're teaching them as to why that decision was made. So, Oh my God, what a, what a heavy topic. Um, We'll have to do something light next week. Absolutely. Promise. (laughs) Promise. Well, that wraps up this episode of retro rebel Gamecast. I want to thank Amanda for this week's discussion. All of the notes from this episode will be posted on our site, templeofgeek.com. If you'd like to add to the discussion or reach out with questions, sound off in the comments or email us at retrorebel at templeofgeek.com. If you like what you hear, head over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and subscribe so you'll be sure to get each episode as it's released. And rate us because that really helps our show. And you can find us on Instagram as well at templeofgeek. Wait. I know. Until the next time. See you later. 